Street Smart Real Estate Investing. Welcome to the new innovative concept of real estate investing. No more expensive courses. No more high-priced mentors taking your money and leaving you without ongoing support. Become a full-time seasoned real estate investor by participating with our already successful team members. Now is the time to stop talking about real estate investing and start doing. Take action. Just ask and we will help you. We promise one thing, no BS. For more info, www.streetsmartrei.com. Hello, everyone. Pleasure seeing you. Hello, Yard. Hello, Hello, Mr. Jason. Jason. Hello, how are you all? Hello, Mr. Jason, number two. <laughs> <laughs> two Jason. Am I, am I number two or? Yeah, we're no, not you're sure. number one. You're number one. Sorry, Jason. <laughs> Oh boy! Sorry, Jason. Number two. Right? Down a level. <laughs> Is anyone ready for the horror stories and experiences of the real estate investors and property manager? Here we go. That's the time, right? So, Jason, can you tell us more about yourself, if you do not mind? Sure. So, I recently uh, started property management. I uh, started property management business approximately about. Just about now, two years professionally. Mm -hmm. uh, before that, I was uh, I had my I was doing my degree and I was helping my dad out with his, management of his rental properties. Mm -hmm. I wasn't a professional then, but uh, at that time I was learning the old school way of managing properties. Let's just say that. Mm -hmm. uh, anyways, long story short, uh, really I got into property management the property management business because I noticed that there was a lot of flaws and obstacles my my father was going through and it just seemed to be to me that he wasn't uh, profiting and capitalizing that market the right way now yes he did well with the thanks to capital gains but in the rental world he was just facing so many difficulties and you know old school guys they don't want to change they don't want to change their habits and their ways so I decided to venture into the property management world professionally and got my license and actually worked through a company with the team and learned the systematic way to managing a property professionally and not just, you know, writing down a notepad if you collect a rent or not or, you know, <laughs> making calls here and there, text messaging or, you know, how old school guys did it. I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers at anyone. I'm just saying that not utilizing the technology we have today and the systems we have today to uh, start a good operation. So yeah, that's that's uh, how I started this business. Now, oh yeah, in the last two weeks, I did actually recently switch companies. You'll see Valley Realty on the presentation. However, I just actually became a partner officially uh, just two days ago uh, with the new property management and strata management company. So I'm pretty excited about this new venture of mine. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. You rock. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Very good. So, Jason, um, you know, being in property management, I've uh, I, I've done a lot of restoration work in my history, so I've <laughs> I've dealt with a lot of property managements of you know sprinkler systems <coughs> blowing out and 140 units being washed out in a day. Yeah, uh, it's a bit of a nightmare. So, can you tell us a little bit about what it's like day to day as being a property manager? Well, I, I think there's two, well, not I think, I know, there's two components of my business. 
One, it's our back end where we're running around, you know, doing the paperwork, filing the system, you know, filing paperwork and updating things and doing tasks and whatnot, the finances. And then the other component is the external side and is actually the real world, the tenants, the properties, the landlords. It's like a zoo sometimes. And you just have to ensure each, uh, per each home is fed properly. Because if you don't, things go crazy. Things go wild. And uh, a day-to-day would be like I come to the office and we have tons of problems and issues that we have to go through and solve. And uh, you have to solve each and every problem in a, a timely fashion and orderly fashion way. If you don't, things get worse. Things start going crazy. And if you don't uh, don't approach it in a time-effective manner, you will be behind the ball and uh, you could see damages from something that would cost maybe a couple hundred dollars of repairing something to a couple thousands overnight. Absolutely. So we got to be quick, 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 and we got to make decisions right on the right on the spot. If we don't, things yeah go sideways. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Um, Eric, do you uh, do you have any questions for him here, or do you want me to ask my next continue, question? Continue. Continue. You right. are the guys to you know closer <laughs> to. Jason <laughs> squared. That's how it is. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So, you know, what would, uh, I mean, when somebody's out shopping for a property manager such as yourself, what would distinguish you as a property manager over someone else? Uh, I guess it's more like my sales pitch. Now, uh, anybody can sell. I can sell the service and get them through the door, sign the contract, and I got their business. But mm-hmm. that's, I, I feel that's the easy part. The hard part is actually the day-to-day management. And I, and this is something I always told my clients, and this is what I learned from the mistakes of my dad, that one thing he didn't realize and utilize was how to grow, have a team, and uh, ha- have the right team to, you know, delegate the, uh, the situations and other problems properly. So what I tell my clients is that when you look at a business, when you're shopping around, and these are clients, not just in my area, but other areas as well, is that always see who are they working with? Are, do they have a team or are they doing everything alone? If they're a lone soldier, then they're, guess what? What they're doing is not only marketing your place, they're showing your place, they're doing the back end, they're doing the finances, they're taking the calls, you know, they're, t- they're dealing with the problems and issues. A property manager can only do so much. I mean, human can only do so much. And if you don't utilize the team effectively, there's no way you'll be a successful property manager. So I, the first question is, I would ask is, are you working with the team? And if mm-hmm. not, you should think otherwise. Yep, absolutely. So how long have you, you been in the industry? You, you mentioned already, right? Like two years, something like that, or um, more than that? I, I would say uh, I my dad was a realtor since forever, for as long as I can remember. And uh, my background is in finance, which I got my degree in. And uh, I've been always, I've, I've been renovating properties. I've been working with my dad, you know, managing tenants, his properties. And at one point when I was, I believe, 
21, 22, I got my real estate license, mm -hmm. but I didn't do anything with it because I was in university, I was working a part-time job, helping my dad, and I never went anywhere with that. But I did train myself, I did reach out to mentors, and that's something I do on a constant, like monthly, weekly, monthly basis, always reach out to mentors and always learn from them and kind of shadow them and see what they did. So professionally, I've only been in this in industry for just over two years, about two years now. This looks like interview style, but can you have some references? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you know, like, uh, we trust you, we believe you, that you are very knowledgeable in the field, right? So It's fair. Um, it depends who you ask. Uh, I'll tell you why. <laughs> if you ask for references, tenants, they don't always like me. And I, because I'm like the middle guy, I'm representing the owner. And there's been times where the tenant wants something, but the owner won't do it. And I'm in between because I got to do what the owner says. So I look yeah. like the bad guy. Yeah. So it depends who you ask. Owners Absolutely. love me. Tenants don't love me. I will probably, I predict that I probably will want be one of the worst rated property managers in probably in BC in the next five to 10 years and because they're going to be tenants who probably blame everything on me which is understandable good, but, um, good. <laughs> but clients yeah. uh, they're making money uh, I always look for uh, uh, cost effective you know tradesmen and whatnot to uh, find cost effective solutions for their problems so they love me for that uh, but if in terms of references I can I can literally provide you Tons of different clients. You can give them a call, and boom, and then you can just talk uh, talk to them about it. I, it's really hard for me to. Uh, I've never been asked this question, to be honest. Uh, if you have any references, but uh, I'm more than happy to provide. You know, and I mean, I, I definitely agree with you there, Jason. It's I, like I said, I've been in the industry doing insurance restoration and working with property managers. You know, doing apartment buildings, and condos, and. Um, the, the property manager is always the most hated person by tenants, um, you know, especially if there's an insurance company in there as well, because now you've got so many parties that have to get approval from so many people that it just delays the process and does nothing but irritate the tenant. Um, you know, something as simple as, you know, like a, a toilet that leaked and now they need a new floor and a new cabinet baseboards. It, it could be a month long process and the tenant is just sitting there shaking their head going, call somebody in here. It could be done tomorrow. Right. You know, and I, I agree with you. So, I mean, you're you're right on that tenants will never love you. You might find a few that will love you because you've solved the problem quickly and didn't have to, you know, jump through hoops. But when it comes down to it, it's not always your money to be spent. So, yeah, I, I definitely get that. You know, there's another thing I learned from my experience. I, I learned this pretty quickly because my dad, I always, I hope my dad doesn't watch this, but <laughs> my dad's a cheap guy, right? And he doesn't spend money on repairs and you always find some guy off the street to fix things. And I, I don't believe, I don't get involved with this stuff. So anyways, so I learned from that. And uh, part of what I do when I sign my contracts with my clients, I do actually have a budget that I'm allowed to spend without permission. And the reason why I have that place is because the way I look at this business is if a client approaches me and hires me to do something they, uh, they can't do, there's a reason they're coming to me for my professional services and therefore they should not be micromanaging. Otherwise they should be managing it themselves, right? So I take that initiative 
and I use my professionalism and I use my duty as a property manager to make sure I protect their property. And I will make calls. I will send a tradesman as needed if I feel that uh, the owner's neglecting it or the, you know, if something's being neglected, I will send them. I will make that veto decision and just go do it. Right. And, and if the client hates me, yeah, I, I have a client who got really angry at me, but the long-term picture, they were very happy. You know, they, they had happy tenants. They got rent every month and the house was maintained. Right. Yeah. So yeah. you got, you got to always look at the bigger picture and you, sometimes you got to make decisions that make you uncomfortable, but that's the life of a property manager. <laughs> True. Qu quick question. Are you working with Russians? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> maybe <Good>. one maybe one <laughs> maybe one that's the big one right maybe one. <laughs> uh, that's oh, funny. Man. <laughs> you know we got a couple of questions coming in here um first question from juan is do you have a contract with your clients and what are the key points to consider on that contract yes i do i sign a very nice long contract with my clients and <laughs> it's not just to protect me it's just you know the lawyer likes it that way but now the key things mm. I, I the main things i go over i tell them uh, how our structure is and um how we proceed forward and uh i'd like to do this one thing um i won't get very i won't be very like be very specific but uh I always tell my clients the worst case scenario. I, I don't know. I, I feel that it's really important for me to be very, very honest with them. And I tell them, I'm like, if you're coming to me and you think you're going to get a perfect job, then do not hire me. I, I, I tell them that if you, if you feel that I have magic powers that I can do something you can't do, then do not hire me. I'm just simply providing a service that you do not have the, the time and the team to do so, right? Now, when I say that, um, the worst case scenario, I explained to that this business is not perfect, never will be. I can't control what the tenant does once they move in. I can't control their life. I can't control their job. I can't control their family, whatever. Things happen. And if they do not pay the rent, if they damage the property, I provide, I tell them and I, I ensure that they know that what are the steps that we would take. And I, I also tell them I won't abandon them. I would take the legal uh, steps, but there's a there is a chance that they will lose money. Mm -hmm. I, I make that very clear because I don't want I don't I feel that's important for your clients to be educated that going through a property management company doesn't mean that you're gonna have rent every month on time. That doesn't mean you're never gonna have problems, right? We're all human. People people make mistakes and. Uh, Screening processes are not always perfect. I mean, there's times where someone has an amazing job making about $80,000 a year. Six months down the road, he gets divorced and gets a drug habit and loses everything. I mean, things happen. And this is what I see. I see a totally different sphere of the world. You don't see. It's not always black and white. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely not. Yeah, there's never one, one answer to solve all problems when it comes to property management. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Juan has one more question here. He says, how do you deal with tenants that do not pay on the first of the month and how do you prevent them from getting past due on the payments? 
Hmm. Russians. <laughs> <laughs> Problem well, solved. <laughs> I think it's important um, right off the bat, never get emotional with this business. So tread lightly. Do not get emotionally involved with their tenants. And a lot of homeowners make this mistake. They get so emotionally involved with their I'll tell you why I'm saying so. They get so emotionally involved that they're too fear. They're too fearful to say things like, "Oh, late, you didn't pay rent on time today. What happened?" Or they're too afraid to send eviction notices. So, how do I deal with tenants? Well, I keep it business, and I do not try to get emotionally involved with my clients. So actually, I've never have. You just have to kind of throw that out there, right? I already have a girlfriend and mom and dad, and that's already crazy enough for me. But. Uh, <laughs> uh, you want to keep it always professional. If they do not pay on time, your job, and you must do this immediately, is send them a 10-day eviction notice. And um, what I mean by that is eviction, everyone has different eviction notices depending on where you are, but you need to send that eviction notice immediately. And you don't have to send it in person if you feel uncomfortable doing so. Send it through registered mail. Uh, what that shows is that the tenant knows that you're serious. Yeah, you're not screwing around and you take this business seriously that you want your rent on time. And if they continue doing so, if they continue paying late, you have to send them eviction notices again and again and again. And if you send it, I believe, three times, you can legally evict them. Just don't take it, honestly. It's not worth mm -hmm. it. It's, just, it's simply that if you want them to take you seriously, you have to take it seriously yourself. If they feel they can push you around, they will push you around till the last drop, you know? <laughs> They'll take advantage of you. Oh, yeah, big time. So what is in that eviction notice? Is there any clauses about, you know, you will be losing money because they there will be breach of contract? There is any extra uh, terms which should be included? Not so much. It's pretty simple. Uh, mm -hmm. I... I highly recommend to use whatever the government provides you. The reason why, so if you go on, um, I can only speak of BC right now, but uh, mm -hmm. in terms of our BC website, they have a bunch of uh, like uh, uh, letters that you can send to your tenants, and uh, you just kind of fill out the form. The reason why it's so important to use what the BC government provides is because if it goes to court arbitration, um, they can understand it. They know what's what it means, and it's very simple. Like they 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 know the language of it, and it will work in the court system. It is it's approved by the court. So if you do everything properly, you'll you'll get your um, possession of your property much sooner than later. So, uh, and do you want to add something? Not really. You don't need to. It's pretty cut and dry. That you know, if you don't mm -hmm. pay my money in the next uh, five to ten days. I have mm -hmm. the right to evict you, kind of idea. Yep. And, uh, and Betty is asking. So, yeah, so Betty here, she's got a question. Juan's got one more as well that I'd like to quickly touch on. It just says, uh, which day of the month do you receive your service um, per door um, as a property manager? So, obviously, you're collecting rents on the first. When do you pay out to your investors? Uh, generally, and uh, this is sometimes a struggle with long weekends. And sometimes it depends on the systems that you're using. I, I tell my clients, you will receive your money within 10 business days, assuming rent was paid on time. If rent is not paid on time, 
then it can t they can be a delay. But I would say ten business days from the date the money is received to allow the bank processing weekends, whatnot. Checks to clear and all that. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So I would always. I always recommend my clients to have a kind of a buffer in the bank account for mortgage payments and other expenses, mm -hmm. whatnot. It's very Absolutely. important. Absolutely. So, question here is: Do you have? Uh, so, you know, going back to you know the giving the notice if they're late uh, on the first of the month, do you do that on the very first time that they're late, or is there any leniency? Um, can you expand on that a little bit? It's mm, a good one. Okay, if if my tenant tells me ahead of time they're going to be late and I pre-approve them. I don't care, right? That's because they talked to me, they communicated with me. But if I put a new tenant in and they're late and I, I give them 40 hours, I mean, I'm not evil. I'm not like <laughs> completely evil, but I give them some time. But I will send the notice and I'll tell you why. Like I, I touched on this before. You give them any leniency on terms of paying you, uh, they will take full advantage of you and they will continue doing so. And here's the thing. Let's suppose and it does pay late and um, they keep pushing it. And now at one point after like a year or two years, they keep paying on the 15th constantly, always late, always late, always late. And then one day you send the eviction or say, you know what? I don't want it late anymore. The tenant could state, say that because you were accepting it late since the beginning of our tenancy, I have the right to pay late, and you can't evict me. And if you take the court, they will, the tenant will win, not you. Yeah, you've so, set a legal precedence there that you know you've you didn't you know do that <coughs> the first time. So now the second, third time, they can argue that hey, you know what, you know why did you do it this time and not the first time? So as soon as you set that legal precedence, you, you've got yourself in some trouble. Exactly. You need you need to keep keep it strict right from the get go. You know, never uh, business and personal matters always should be separate, right? So never get personal. Just think business, think about money, because end of the day, the mortgage, the bank is not going to wait for you, right? They're not going to let you delay your payments. You're going to get those fees. So why should you? You got to think it. You got to think in the bigger picture, like the bigger picture of things. Their tenant's not always going to be a tenant. They're going to be gone one day. Just think business. Good, good. Uh, so, oh, go ahead, Derek. Sorry. What kind of reports do you provide on a regular basis monthly to the property owner? That's the question from Joe. Um, so we have a system where it actually sends you the monthly report of uh, income and expenses, right? Every time, every time they receive their rent, um, it's emailed to them unless they want it uh, mailed to them. We can do that. Uh, but that's our general way of doing it. Uh, at the same time, they, we have the system set up where our tenants and landlords can log in at any time and actually uh, check their financials, their reporting, based on their the period they want to look at. So they can go do a year, semi-annually, monthly, and they can, they can check every single expense. The receipt will be attached. Everything is cut and dry, black and white. In terms of our financial reporting, does question on that just does the reporting if the if the client's logging in does that actually show um, any ongoing issues you know any cases that are going on so if if a person's called in and reported to leak the toilet or you know or something else is that also in the logged in area can they see that info? Yes, they can. Uh, we have something called a task system, and uh, basically any problems or issues that are reported 
uh, to the office are uploaded online. And uh, in fact, we, our decisions are based on an online system as well. And it's a very, very structured format. It's not only for, it's not just part of my service. It's also a way to keep everything organized, everything filed and have it for each and every property. Now there's times where I get direct calls from owners or tenants, right? And you don't have the time to report it because you had to deal with it really quickly. So there's mm -hmm. times like that, but we do report the expense onto the, the account afterwards anyway. But uh, those are like, those are the off. Like those are just emergencies and whatnot, but for the most part, I would say ninety percent is everything is uploaded and reported. Very good, very good. So I have a question. Uh, there is quite a lot of people, you know, considering not to use the property managers, right? Uh, you know, uh, in order to make sure that they are well treated. And would you mind elaborating what kind of costs, given or take, they should expect? and why they should use the professional property manager, right? It's very important for, you know, optimizing the logistics, but I want to hear about your point of view. Good question. So why hire me, hey? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, hiring a property manager, I I mean, I, I my dad, throw my dad in this again, he's the type of guy, I'm not hiring any property manager. He wouldn't hire me. He's too cheap to pay me. <laughs> but uh, I, I could see if I, if I, if I could convince my dad, and I think I almost have. It's, it's taken me two years to convince him. But and I always look, use him as like my the uh, the day I know I'm going to be the like I know I'm a professional when I can convince my dad to you know use my services to actually want to pay me to you you know and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I see how he does it, and I still see how he does it. And it's always a headache, and he's always whining about it, crying about it, not crying about it, but whining about it. And there's, it's all over the place. And I'm like, how much did you collect this month? He's like, I, I don't remember. i got to check my book. And then he goes through like 20, 30 pages. Anyways, and then there's a problem, and then he and then sometimes he still throws me into the picture, and I call the tenant. I'm like, what's the problem? I'm like, your dad has been neglecting this. He hasn't been doing this, so I'm going to move out. I'm leaving. <laughs> Anyways, long story short, why hire a property manager? Well, a good property management business will provide this 24-7 service, literally. Like, I get calls in the middle of the night if uh, it is emergency, and I got to deal with it. It's, like a, it's almost like a doctor. You got to send someone out. You got to get a technician out. You got to do something, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, if you... If you believe in the bigger picture, if you want to... You're 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 an investor. I'm assuming you're buying a house because you want to, uh, you want financial. Uh, I mean, you want to be financially free down the road. In order to do that, you need time as well. So if you're working nine to five, and then after that you have to be working on your property and figuring out things and issues, that's gonna take away time from yourself, from your family, and uh, other potential investments. So if you a property manager is worth it if you if you value your time. If you value your time and you want to grow bigger, you need to hire the right property manager in business to run your operation. How do you find a good one or a bad one? That's a tough question. Um, how do you know who's again? You got you got to ask the right questions. You got to really do your homework. You got to 
referrals are great. Talk to realtors. They can refer you to good places, good people. Um, mm-hmm. Walk into their office. If it's a one-man show, I'd be very careful. Uh, property managers have a bad... Uh, they're not. They're they're not all great because the old property managers like to do the old school way, and I feel like because it wasn't so systemized, and they're not using utilizing technology that we have available today to, you know, help grow their business or help manage their business. Those people who are not doing that even right now, they're something you someone you should worry you about, and uh, and you forget things fall through the cracks, you forget to do things, you don't collect rent properly, you want a full-on system, right? And uh, again, how do you find a bad or good one? <laughs> That's a, <laughs> It's a hard one to answer, really. But if you, uh, hiring a property manager is, is for, I don't, I don't like, I don't like clients who want to micromanage me. I tell them, you know, I'm not the right person no. for that. I need, uh, the right client is someone who thinks about the bigger picture, who, who believes in their quality of time with their family and their, they want a life after work, you know. But if you want to be, yeah. So that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about that all all the time. Yeah, right? yeah, so, I could. Yeah, so good. what kind of what kind of given or take percentage? How 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 are you getting paid? It can vary depending on the area, depending on the price of the property. It can vary depending on if the home is. Um, uh, if it has already furniture, like if it's already, if it's vacant, it's empty. If it's a condo, it's a house. So I would say, oh, sorry, furnished as well. If it depends if it's furnished, um, it can range from 6% to almost up to 15%. 15, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, it really depends because a furnished unit will cost more. There's more work required. A non-furnished unit, a smaller home will be much easier to rent. If it's a problem house, which I do sometimes have, and I call them slum houses, mm-hmm. I like to charge a higher percentage because there's a lot more work <laughs> intended, you know? Mm-hmm. But generally, mm-hmm. uh, if you if I was to speak in my area, Fraser Valley, they would range anywhere from 8 to 10%. So okay. Okay. that's what you would see. And now does that matter if the place is rented or not? Yeah, so what happens is if it's not rented, uh, the first month is always, uh, it, it does cost extra. And uh, some people, the, the range for the first month cost would be 20 to 50%. Some people even charge a full month's rent. It all depends on the package, depends on what they offer you or what they upsell you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it can, my general, uh, I would see 20 to 50%. And then after the first month is done, thereafter it is the monthly, the natural monthly rate. Very good, very good. So there's another question here and it's from Juan. Uh, it's a lengthy question and I think there's a few pieces that we're gonna have to maybe get some clarification on. But it says that he has a template that he provides to his property manager in which it shows all the information. Um, and I'm guessing by the comment here, it's that his property manager is, is female. It says she deposits already my money, but my question is, whether you have a template for your for your clients, um, in this case, he's provided one based, I'm guessing, on information that uh, he wants collected from the tenant, is what I'm assuming. Um, you know, when he's when you're you know screening the tenant. Um, so I guess the question is probably that: Do you have a template that you use for screening the tenant? Is the way I think this is going. 
Um, and the second part is, do you deposit the, the rent, I guess, the money into the owner's bank account um, in full, or do you take your pay your percentage off first? Okay. Yes, I do have a template. Um, I, I find that finds us a lot more effective, even though I know the questions, even mm -hmm. though I know what I'm looking for. Um, I make all potential, okay, so when I do the showings, I always refer them to more what my website, uh, my website, and uh, tell them to answer an, uh, an application form. If they do not fill fill the application form, I will not look. I will not give the place to them. I mean, I wouldn't even look into it. I'm not going to even consider them. They have to fill it out. And then after we go through the screening process, or are you asking? Sorry, you asking what kind of questions I ask, or? No, it doesn't go through to ask the questions. It just the next part of the question goes into asking about the rent. Um, so when you collect, you know, say if it's two thousand bucks for the rent on the place, do you collect the two thousand and then give the full two thousand to the back okay. to the investor, and then send them an invoice for what your percentage was, or do you take that off the top and send them the, the balance? Right. So we, this is what I explain in uh, when I first sit down with my clients. Um, we do deduct our commissions out of the rent, and then once that's deducted, we pay them as well, or and or any other expenses such as like if you send a repair as a tradesman or whatnot, and then we we send it to them, and then in the financial report they can see the expenses, our commissions. It's very black and white in terms of financial reporting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd I'd hate to run a business the other direction that I give you all your money and then hope you're going to pay me. Oh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, well, that makes sense for sure. Um, all right. I have a question. Oh, yeah, go for it. Uh, Jason, what your experience or feedback or suggestions about the Airbnb management? Have you ever <laughs> experienced what, 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 because people, they want to, you know, offer that kind of services. Um, I, the way I see it. Yep. I, I am Batman and Airbnb is like Robin Hood, you know, like Robin. You know? <laughs> okay. They're, they're, they're like my sidekick. Like we work, we work together, but not together at the same time, you know, mm -hmm. like the, I, I feel that Airbnb is always going to be there, but at the same time, it's going to get pushed back. Like Airbnb is great. Mm -hmm. I mean, you make money out of it. Like, who wouldn't want to do it, right? Uh, Airbnb is an awesome place. is uh, is great for like uh, tourist areas. You know, mm -hmm. they're competitive. Uh, do I find a problem with them? Yeah, I do sometimes. <laughs> it's because <laughs> you can't control your neighbors. You can't control the noise. You can't. By the time you figure out the noise issue, there's they're gone. There's new new people in there. And then they're great, you know, like there's constant complaints. So mm -hmm. the thing is, when I, when, I, when I have a new client, there's no way for me to find out if there's going to be an Airbnb in that building. Or and it, uh, when I work with buildings. In detached homes, it's never an issue. But it's, very, it's a big problem in uh, uh, any kind of condos I get. Mm -hmm. and fortunately, um, I'm situated in an area that I don't have to experience many Airbnbs. Mm -hmm. Okay. Fortunately. Now... In terms of what I think about it, it's a very, very profitable business. Uh, I have a friend. Mm -hmm. and, uh, he's uh, 
Now he's a luxury home, and he's actually he rents his Airbnb, uh, brand new custom built home, for five hundred dollars a day. And you would not believe it; he's booked for the entire year and only has one day to use it for himself. Pretty incredible. <laughs> I am so surprised. I am not surprised. It's it's crazy. So yes, there's money, but I feel that uh, with the policies and the government is going to start pushing back very soon. Mm -hmm. Council started. Council is going to push back, hundred percent. I mean, what I, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I mean, if I'm going to spend one over a million dollars on a condo, the last thing I want is an Airbnb beside me. So, I'm as an investor perspective, or an, as a homeowner perspective, I'm going to push Airbnb now. As an investor perspective, Airbnb is very profitable, but there's high risk, and I I think the tolerance is now. Uh, it's not there. Uh, people are not happy with Airbnb, and I think it's going to get pushed out. For, I'm not saying completely legal, but I feel that a lot of buildings will not have uh, will not allow Airbnbs anymore. Okay, so my question will be follow up question. Let's assume that I am an investor and I would like to use a guy like you to manage my property. What what kind of have you ever worked in the Airbnb? What's your outcome from uh, investor property management uh, man, management company relationship in order to run an Airbnb? So what I've, kind of fees and everything? Is it is it viable? Is it something which people are doing, or what's your outcome? I, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, hire someone like me for Airbnb. <laughs> okay, no, that, yeah. yeah. Uh, realistically, it's not. I wouldn't be the ideal person to hire. Uh, mm -hmm. Reason why is because if someone was to ask me to do Airbnb, I, I would consider it, but I would charge a much higher rate, or I would charge more of a flat fee. And I would because the thing is, in Airbnb, you need cleaners. You need you know, it's more That's of a daily right. routine, not a not a monthly routine, and. I wouldn't have the time or resources to do that. You're better off hiring, maybe doing it's micromanaging yourself, right? There's no true Airbnb companies, management companies out there yet. Yeah, I mean, there might be some some small ones growing, but it's a hard one to take care of. Very very difficult, and no. the, you really just need a, a cleaner. End of the day, after a couple of days, <laughs> I see that look. He's like, hey. just start an Airbnb business. <laughs> Jason, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I looked into it. I've definitely I've contacted the right people. I know some guys who just sublet and then use it as an Airbnb and make over six figures a year. So it's possible. It is definitely possible. It just really depends on you. Very good. Very good. So Anne Marie has a question here. Um, the question is: Is what about property management for senior homes? Does that exist? Uh, good question. Senior homes actually require tons of different licensing. Um, now, if you're talking like a 50 or 60 plus home, yeah, we can do that. Um, but if it's a senior home in terms of like a, a senior yeah, aid home, kind of yeah. home, home care aid, right? That's a completely different jurisdiction. In fact, you actually, to even get licensing with that, it's a whole different ballgame and that wouldn't be me. In fact, a doctor needs to be licensed. You need to have 24-7 nurses on file. Um, it's all in-house staff. It is a completely different uh, game altogether. 
Um, again, you if you're looking for senior home care, I'm the wrong person to talk about. But if it's a it's a vicinity of sec, like 65 plus, or if you get the message 65 plus, yeah, um, then we can definitely do that. We can definitely um, manage that accordingly and have the right people on board and staff that's required. Uh, every rule is like there's different laws in place, so we do have to follow that very carefully, of course. But it's definitely doable. Very good. Very good. What's the other question we got here? I didn't get a chance to pre, pre read this one. Okay, so what kind of things do you look for finding the perfect tenant? How you screen them? <laughs> That's a very important question, right? Yeah. So horror stories. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's fun sometimes because you can gossip back here. You know, like in the back, of, you know, you don't see, you see the front of my office, but you don't see what happens behind the scenes. And we get to gossip about it because we uncover secrets and we, we, we uncover things that maybe they didn't realize that we can see. And uh, social media helps a lot. <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> and we can see who they're friends with and we can see if they're lying. We do a lot of land title checks. Uh, you know how a lot of people tell me landlord reference was Bob and when we do a land title check, it's some completely different Asian name, right? So we know they're lying. They're just giving their friend's name kind of idea. So we do a lot of full-on screening. Now, the biggest thing is I am a believer where you have to find the right tenant for the right place. I mean, if I'm going to – like, I'm not trying to be rude or I'm trying to discriminate anyone or anything, right? But, like, if you have an executive tenant – are you going to put them in a low-quality home? It's not going to happen, right? I mean, you're going to find different quality of tenants that work with the quality of home, if that makes sense. And that's – so we have different grades. We have different – I mean, finding the right tenant, it's not easy. But if they can – if the questions – if they can pass the main – the questions that are required, I can overlook other things. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. For sure. But if they're, if they're lying in any way, uh, we don't. We maybe give them extra chance if let them know, like, hey, is this something you want to clear up? Are you? Is there something that you forgot to add? You know, and that does happen. And if they're still lying, then we pretty much throw their application away <laughs> at that point. So, so, what kind of tricks do you use? Tell me. Okay. Um, you pretend somebody else, or no, no, I don't. I don't go that no. far. No, <laughs> I mean that'd be kind of funny. <laughs> uh, it's it's it's. I feel like when you're screening tenants, it's like you're telling a story about the person. Okay. You're really investigating their life, and sometimes you investigate why they made certain life decisions. Uh, why did they move then? Why did they leave their job? Or why did they only live there for six months or they've been there for six years and you find out their life story? Are they getting divorced? What is their reason to move? Um, here's one thing. you got to question this. And a lot of investors, homeowners, fall into this trap. When you put your place on rent, you put your ad on, you're going to get tons of calls. Now, it's going to be somebody every time, they're gonna, I need this place now. I got money. Oh, I got deposit. Right? Those people, 
like, you know, just got to be like, you know what? Send your application. Uh, let me think about it. Now, now, there's been times where they've been legit, but majority of them are running away from something, you know? And uh, I believe that sometimes you need to meet the person to really feel them out. You gotta, you have to have some intuition finding the right tenant as well, right? It's not just paper. It's not just facts. You gotta have some kind of, you gotta have some kind of uh, connection with them, right? You can, you can feel the energy. I can't explain that part, and it's not something I can write down or anything. But I feel that there is some kind of energy that you can feel off someone if they're gonna be good or not, and then. Of course, you got to go through facts and make sure everything is aligned. Um, one thing, we are not allowed to discriminate. So we, I do not discriminate. However, what I do discriminate is with is their finances. I'm illegally allowed to do that as well. I will ask for their income. I will ask to show me proof. I will ask them to show me their bank statements. And uh, it's worked every time. And if they're afraid to show it, Sometimes it's understandable, right? But if I can guarantee that their jobs or something, it may be a little bit different story. But uh, for the most part, I do ask them for the finances. If you're making so and so, show it, prove me, show me the money. Do you ever get them to uh, to provide a, a criminal background check? Unfortunately, no, I don't. Now, if they have it with them and it's current, yes, I'll tell you why. Um, in the the area, I, the area I am in. It can take up to two to eight weeks to get a criminal record check, and it costs about $80. So it's not really time effective, unfortunately. I I wish I could, even though you cannot discriminate based on the criminal record either. No. You can't. So you got to be careful with that too, um, and you can't force someone to do that. Uh, however, you can check their public criminal record. It doesn't have all the details, but you can definitely check that. And so it's available to anyone. It's public information. So that's something that you can utilize uh, if needed. But uh, no, I don't ask for a criminal check. It just doesn't make sense and it's too expensive. And by the eight weeks later, like I, I did my criminal check to, to, to where I'm working now. And I had to do that to get my license. And it took eight weeks. And it's just, it's crazy, right? So it is what it is. It's politics for you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So what other questions we got here? I see a few popping up. Um, Got one. I think we've kind of covered some of this information, but it's based on what is the criteria for selecting tenants, the information you ask them, um, which could be a long-winded question. Uh, Do you have tenants fill out information, and what are the due diligence you perform in screening tenants? So I think we kind of covered a fair amount of that. I don't know if there's anything in there that you want to add to. The few red flags, I'm kind of reading that too. Um, yeah. you, okay, it comes down to math. I, I, I think I believe, I'm a big numbers guy, and I, it always you gotta you gotta look at how much you make. And let's say everything is legit; they're not lying, and everything's accurate. The last step we take is we want to see how much of their income is being used to pay for their rent. So I'm talking if they're cons- using more than 40 to 50% of their income and is going towards the rent and utilities, then you got to see how much they're left over with. Are they on thin out? Like, do they actually get, have enough money to support living there? You know, like like, debt to income ratio kind of thing. 
Yes, debt to debt to equity income ratio, but we only have so much information we can work with, right? So we can see their expenses and we can kind of give an approximate utility costs. Like I have some people who want who would only have maybe three hundred dollars left out of their income for to for themselves, and I was thinking like, no, this is not going to work, and I had to deny them unfortunately because I just know that. Maybe four or five months down the road, they won't be able to afford it. Something happens, right? So you want to make sure you, you know, tenants are not gonna be rich. They're renting for a reason for mo for the most part, right? But you gotta consider all the factors that can they actually afford it in the long run, right? So, yes. So what about uh, some of the the ugliest things you've seen? What you know? I mean, as far as being a property manager, I mean, you've you've obviously oh, come across some incredible. Um, you know, findings. You go into a property after a tenant's left, or, or you know, tell me something that's going to blow my mind here. <laughs> okay, I'll give you. I'll give you one scenario. Oh, okay, I'll give you two. The first Sweet. scenario. Yeah, the first scenario was uh, I rented this uh, senior family, no senior lady, and she had a pension. Everything was legit. Great references. I don't know what happened, and she kind of. And and I gotta admit that this was my tenant, right? And it was not the best, a lower quality home, but she had a pension from the police from ages ago. Anyways, she was living with the roommate. Long story short, she became an alcoholic, and just is like seventy plus lady, right? And she became an alcoholic to a point where she was drinking, um, what's it called, uh, alcohol, like cleaning alcohol, whatever you call that. I don't know. She was she was drinking out of that at one, at one point. Anyways. The, the story before that, uh, she wasn't answering a call. She wasn't paying the rent. And uh, I felt that something was wrong because every time I went to the house, I'm a type of guy I'll show up at the house any time of the day. I don't care if it's the middle of the night. I'll just show up. And I was trying, I'm trying, I was a bit worried. I'm like, there's something wrong. And because she'd call me constantly in my office and leave crazy voicemail messages, like, like she was some cranky senior lady or something, and or she was super high or drunk or whatever it may be. Anyways, I it was unfortunate, but uh, I found that something was wrong, and she wouldn't come downstairs. And I showed up like at least three times, and she wouldn't come downstairs for whatever reason. And uh, at one point, she stopped responding, and uh, I had to take I had to take a step forward. And in any emergencies that I feel that's an emergency, I have the right to enter without notice, and I did. And uh, what I found was. Her dog was sitting there eating his own feces and that, you know, urination everywhere on the main floor. And I felt really bad. So I ran to my car, quickly gave the dog food, right? And then I quickly go back upstairs. And then I started walking upstairs and I, I see this bowl and I see feces in the bowl and urination in the bowl. And then right beside the bowl was the old lady just sitting there and she was breathing. But she was sitting there, or we're laying there, and uh, at that point, I just had to call the emergency and hospital and kind of send her out. And I don't know what happened after that <laughs> with her, but wow. that was a unfortunate situation. I I know what happened, but she did ruin the place. Uh, there was urination and feces all over the house, and it was an It really scarred me in some ways. <laughs> you know, it was like oh, wow, things. People live in different tough conditions. 
and uh, she was a lady who was abandoned by her family as well. So, you know, it was all those things that came apart. And anyways, that was one story. Another story was um, a lot of my clients hire me to kind of clean up their mess. See, I'll, and I'll, be, I'm, I'll be honest, out of, out of all my properties I've managed, I've only had two situations, two really bad situations that I've cleaned up and fi- fixed out, fixed up. Um, but at the same time, I have clients who give me problem properties. And I sometimes, I don't know why I like taking a challenge. It kind of, sometimes it's enjoyable. And there's this one house I took over and he, the, he, the investor bought about six or eight houses. So he never seen the house. And there was an old guy living there as well. And, uh, he wouldn't let me enter the house. He wouldn't pay the rent. It was just a huge problem. And, uh, I looked through the windows and I could see clutter everywhere, junk everywhere. Uh, I tried to evict him, but, uh, he, he wouldn't leave the premises at all. And he was an old man who couldn't walk properly either. So you have to, you have to, you have to be very careful. You have to. These are sensitive situations. You can't be rude. You can't be disrespectful. You gotta. I know a lot of money's on the line. They're not paying rent, but you have to take it very sensitively. Um, anyways, long story short, he finally left, or I think the police took him, arrested him for something else, and he left the place. And I gotta, I gotta tell you, I'm back in my car, in my trunk. I have a mask, uh, like this is a breathing mask, at all times, and gloves. Because you never know. You never know, especially with all these drugs and like fentanyl out there. You touch the wrong thing, you could get hurt. Anyways, I walk in the house with a mask and gloves and a flashlight. And oh my God, that was, it's still horrifying. And I took pictures. I saw is garbage everywhere. I'm talking piles. You couldn't even walk properly. There's piles. And then if you move the garbage a little bit away, you could see dead rats, feces sitting there. Uh, it smelled so bad, like I had to hold, I had to breathe from my mouth because if, if I breathe from my nose, even with the mask on, I would puke. Uh, the bathroom, I don't know what happened, but there was like poo smudged all over the walls, the sink, the toilet, the ceiling. It was horrifying. And I did take pictures. And uh, it was so bad, like I was almost scared to walk in there. And uh, in in those situations, what you have to do is you got to take that, like you got to just pretend it's not there and take the right steps going forward and what, what's the first thing you got to do. And I got cleaned out and, you know, the things we saw and what we discovered, I won't talk about. But it, unfortunately, I'm going to tell you, people live like this. There's hoarders out there. People have different life stories and uh, things can turn around and uh, it's unfortunate, but you got to deal with it. Right. So yes, the, the end of the the cost of renovating this house was about 20 grand, 20 grand minimum, and it's still not in good condition. So you got to be careful with the tenant you choose. For sure. Whoa. <laughs> I've seen both houses. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> there's there's been times when uh, because I'm 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 the guy who collects your money, right? Nobody yeah. likes that guy, and uh, there's times where I like to show up at the property and kind of give them eviction, 
like face to face sometimes. It depends on the situation. I really want to see what's going on, the real picture. And once I gave her an eviction notice and she had three pit bulls and she almost let them go and I, I had to run to my car. <laughs> that was not a good good situation. <laughs> I, I gave the eviction notice, I see the lady and she knows who I am. She knows who I am exactly. She let the pit, three pit, big pit bulls loose. You I should, ran should... for my life. You should consider making the TV show. <laughs> I ran for my life. It was so bad. <laughs> when, I, when I first became a property manager, my first property I took on, oh, man, it was – I questioned why I became a property manager because I took over the management. And he's a doctor, so he doesn't know what the hell's going on with this property. Anyways, I took it over. This is my first property I've ever managed professionally. I walked in. The brothers, sisters – Wife, all screaming, yelling, swearing, throwing things at each other. The house was disgusting, too. And they're just in a huge fight. And I'm standing there. I'm like, oh, God, what did I do? Why did I choose this profession? And uh, I took a step back, took, like, like, you know, just thought, you know, thought it through. I'm like, okay, guys. And, and then at that point, I became a mediator. And I became a problem solver. And I told, and I kind of almost became like you know it's like almost had a we had a therapy session and we try to figure out the problems and sometimes you got to do that it's just you're almost like a counselor <laughs> for some people so every problem every situation is different in its own way and you just got to deal with it have you systematically. ever have you ever come across a, a you know a dead body at this point <laughs> I, I've renovated multiple properties that have had, you know, people pass away in it, and it's a, it's an unfortunate and terrible event. Uh, uh, no, I haven't, not yet. Yet, not cross the fingers, it'll happen. Oh boy, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That's uh, something that I'm yet to see. I mean, that old lady was almost there, I guess. Almost, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it's you know. Hopefully, you know whatever happened with her, it's on a positive side. But uh, yeah, I'll tell you, I'll, you'll, you'll that little air mask that you're using, you may want to swap that out because if you walk into one where someone's been there for two, three weeks, you'll know about it immediately. Really? Good to know. Good <laughs> to know. Switch switch your air mask out to an active carbon filter so you don't smell it. Oh. <laughs> uh. Thank you. Thanks for the advice. I, I, I hope that uh, we have a really good screening process. Now, of course, I can't con control a natural death, but uh, we have a very good screening process to avoid situations like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Yeah. I was given an offer on the property, which the gentleman passed away two months prior, and they were having, he had five dogs, and the Two dogs survived, and three dogs, those two dogs, they were eating the flesh. Just to give you an idea, flesh, you know, stories, right? So. Yeah, I've heard similar stories, so. I once found a snake under a pile of garbage, and I, I, am, I am fearful of snakes. Like, I, I hate snakes. So you, just, you can imagine me running. Just and, running. Betty, and Betty, thank you for everlasting image, Jason. <laughs> 
this is part of the job of the investor investors and why we should be working with the property managers on a regular basis right to avoid such kind of situations simple as that guys okay absolutely i would way rather that jason here that he goes in there and <laughs> sees it than me <laughs> so we have a question also from juan too right yeah well um so do you, you know, manage do you manage properties that have a suited basement and there are no legal suite basements? Yes, I do. Um, I, however, I make it very clear to the potential tenant that I'm renting a, in a illegal suite, and as long as I do that, mm -hmm. um, I'm just doing performing my services, my duty. Mm -hmm. um, it really come, I wouldn't put them on a contract. I would do it month to month. Tenancy, if it's not legal, mm -hmm. um, I'll, I'll be honest. I try avoiding it though as much as mm -hmm. I can. It's just because uh, what I tend to find is like there's the legal suites are awesome. They're great because they have all the minute everything included. But a legal suite doesn't have everything included, so it's unlikely you're going to attract a good tenant. Because I mean, who doesn't want a laundry? Who doesn't want uh, a proper stove? You know, like. I mean, people want their space, and someone who doesn't need that, I mean, sometimes you can get a student, sometimes you can get a single person in there, right? But there, I, mm -hmm. what I found, now again, this is depending on the area you live in, area you service, you're going to find mm -hmm. different types of people. And uh, I just feel that I've oh, my, my experience has always been bad. With uh, the, I mean, when I say bad is that I haven't been able to find a good quality tenant for an illegal suite. So I, I just try it, yeah. Something to consider, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I always always uh, recommend this. Uh, if it is, I've been like, just rent the whole, if it's a detached house, rent it out as a whole house. And uh, it's so much better in the long run because you're going to find the tenants upstairs and the tenants downstairs are going to bicker, fight, or, you know, if there's noise complaints. Sometimes they're great and your life's good, but a lot of the times you'll know, find problems, right? And if the upper tenant knows that it's a legal suite downstairs and they really don't like that person, they're going to report it to the city, right? And they're going to start getting fined again and again. And then you have a utility problem. If you split the bill, sometimes they complain about they're using more, they're using less, blah, 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 blah. And then they're going to bicker about the prices. And uh, again, we handle those situations and I've done it pretty well. But mm -hmm. those are just situations that you may experience especially when you're renting a house to two different tenants or three different tenants. In Vancouver, you're seeing, unfortunately, you're seeing a house being rented to, rented to three different tenants. So it's crazy. Yeah. Something more. It's, it's nuts in Vancouver. Yeah, I've, uh, I've come across investors here in Saskatchewan that uh, have, uh, you know, the, the illegal basement suite very well might have a full kitchen, full bathroom, have their own utility, or not utilities, but even have their own, uh, their own washer dryer. Uh, but they may not have a legal, you know, egress window for the, you know, for the tenant to get out if there's a case of a fire. <coughs> and there was a case of a fire. It was probably about eight years ago, but the investor was actually sued, um, you know, and, and lost a lot. I mean, because now it's gross negligence. I mean, it's no longer protecting your, you know, your corporation. They can come after everything you own you know, when you get into a scenario like that because you're, you're putting somebody in a position where, <coughs> you know, if there's a fire, there's no way for them to get out. So... Um, you know, I, I would uh, caution investors to, to, you know, buy a property that's not legal. 
um, you know, it's your risk that you're putting that, you know, that tenant in there. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and you gotta go by what the insurance says. The insurance companies are now finding ways to find a way not to cover you if something does happen. Anything can happen, and they're gonna find anything they can in their place to not cover you. Uh, that you know, speaking of insurance, like a lot of investors don't realize this that uh, in your insurance policy that you sign. And this is typically for detached. Attached is a little bit different, but detached homes require a ninety every ninety days to do inspection. So something to look into. A lot of people just sign in, don't care about it ever again. But if you can't prove that ninety day inspection, sometimes it's semi annually. If you can't prove that, and some you have to make a claim insurance claim, you not might not be covered at all. So yeah. something to think about, right? Um, of course, property managers do provide that service. And that's mm -hmm. part of their packages and whatnot, but that is something we do too. But it's something if you just have a house and you're managing, you're micromanaging or you're managing yourself, you should at least do inspection every ninety days. Yeah, and one of the and one of the reasons. Sorry, and one of the reasons takes you know three four months to 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 generate the grow grow up right on the. Detached, right? Depends who you speak to. <laughs> <laughs> Might take two weeks if these guys are organized. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not so worried about grow ups anymore. I mean, it's almost legalized here. I, what What I mean that I don't. Okay. I mean, I mean, it's commercialized now. They have actually, like, they they actually are growing on farms, and you know, you know, they actually have their own systems, commercial spaces now. They don't really do it in homes anymore. Uh, maybe they might have a couple plots or plants, right? And mm -hmm. That you can't really detect. But like a full-on grow-up operation is not. It's unlikely it happens in houses as much anymore. It still does. Don't get me wrong, but it's unlikely. It's it's mm -hmm. becoming commercialized. And I would say the next five years, it's gonna. Ha it's very minimal. But now there's other things that do occur now. There's other drugs, other problems, other issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd, li I'd like to just mention, I, I mean, you were talking about the 90-day inspections there. Um, in your experience, um, has have you seen different rules in the insurance based on a vacant property? Yeah, uh, vacant would be, I think it's once a week. or okay. and Now, it depends if it's a detached or condo. If it's condo, true, true. it's a lot easier. Yeah, my experience, I've seen that uh, a lot of property managers, if there's a vacant unit, even if it's due to renovations or whatever, um, they have sign-in sheets that are there, to, you know, for the property manager to sign in every three to four days, just in case. I mean, if a pipe bursts, the insurance isn't going to be happy with you if that water's run for four, five, six days with nobody to attend to it, right? So, you know, especially, you know, talking like a single family house, you make sure you're aware of your insurance and what the requirements are if it's vacant or if you're going to go on a holiday. You know, that somebody's coming in and checking on the property. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Same thing. I mean, even if it's not a rental property, if it's your own personal property. Yeah. If you leave on a, you know, a two-week holiday and a pipe bursts, and I, I did see this in Saskatchewan. It was middle of winter. It was, you know, a week of minus 30, minus, minus 40 um, in a town just outside of Regina. And uh, it was an Army Reserve guy. He got called out, and uh, his pipe froze and burst, and the water was pouring out the front door. The entire basement filled up and poured out. Oh, it was a wood basement, so it was even worse. The house was a complete write-off. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I've seen that a couple of times, too, for so, older homes. 
Yeah. I mean, now it's, you know, I mean, he's able to keep the upper half of the house, you mm-hmm. know, but now he's responsible because his insurance isn't going to cover the basement and anything else. So he's going to pay for it. So, you know what, that, that does happen. I see, I have clients calling me to help them figure out a solution, but after the, the after the, the flood or damage happens, you can't do anything about insurance does not care. Um, yeah, I, I, it really depends on my clients. If uh, Sometimes we do. It really depends if my clients want us to do that. Sometimes they say, no, don't worry about it, right? Yep. Um, our turnaround time is pretty good, except in the winter. We're not able to rent out properties as quick. Um, but uh, there's been times where I did, we did weekly inspections on, a, on a, like a multi-million dollar property until it was rented. So it depends on the owners, but I would agree that's a great idea, especially if it's empty. And you never know what may happen. You never know. Squatters, who knows? You never know what's going on. Vandalizing, yeah. Oh, don't even get me started. Squatters. Oh, the- horror story. Yeah. <laughs> oh, once I had to like, uh, I had to uh, hold my like, I had a pocket knife because I saw a cat in a house. And I saw someone moving in the house, and I was like, oh, my goodness. And I was doing a showing that day. And it was snowing, so but I had, like, four people waiting outside for the showing. So I had to, I had to, <laughs> I had to I'm like, I told my tenants, I'm like, can you just move away? Like, I mean, can you wait for me? I'm just going to walk to the house. And I had to hold my pocket knife just in case, you know. And uh, it was a lady, and she saw me, and she, as soon as she saw, right. me, saw me, she ran out. And she ran with whatever she had in her hand, but she, I'm telling you, this happened maybe in 48 hours and the amount of mess she left in an empty home cost about $800, $800. It was just unreal. There's a cat in the house and the toilet was plugged. I don't know what it is, but why they always plug toilets? I don't know, but <laughs> it was completely plugged and it was disgusting. <laughs> so I've seen that. Um, I've seen homeless people uh, move in in less than 24 hours. And it caused about another $800 cleanup job. I've seen this. And uh, it's unfortunate. Just what can you do? And even when you call the cops, they, they sometimes recognize the homeless guys by their name. It's crazy. It's like, oh, I just kicked him out from that place. I guess he moved into your place. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's All not... the more reason to be checking in on your properties, right? <laughs> yeah. It does happen. Very good. Uh, any other questions from anybody else here? What about rooming houses? That's one again. Oh, yeah, yeah. A good uh, the room, if you're renting a room, it, it's a completely different uh, jurisdiction. Um, it's, I think rooming it's called, houses. yeah, so if you're renting a room, is that what, yeah. what you meant? Yeah, so yeah. that's, I think it's under the hot, the Hotel Innkeepers Act or the, something, yes. something around those lines. Um, it's a completely different ball game. Uh, it's actually a lot easier to evict someone from a room yeah. than it is to evict someone from a house. So, <clears throat> rooming situations, I would say, only work in high dense areas and places like like Vancouver. I would say, um, or by universities. Yeah, I was gonna say universities is a big one. Universities, you make good money out of that. Like I have a similar situation. Like I'm renting rooms. It's more like three students living together kind of idea, mm-hmm. and uh, the the owner is definitely profiting big money off that, definitely. So again, it really depends on the area, but uh, it's a whole different ball game. 
property managers don't tend to do that, um, but we do, we can, depending on the situation, right? Um, as long as it's fair, we'll do it. Like I, there's, there's been times where I denied business because I feel that the owner wasn't being fair. I just felt that it was un, not right. And you know, you never want to do something that makes you too uncomfortable that you feel that it's wrong, right? So, and you don't want to be in a tough situation because there's a lot of weird people out there, right? And uh, if you're renting out a room and you know you don't know what's happening in the other room, you know it's got to be careful. <laughs> got to be careful. It's just a lot of weirdos out there, so tread lightly. Tread lightly. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want that swingers club starting next door to you. Man. <laughs> okay. um, so Joe, Joe's got a question here about how honest can you be when someone calls to ask about a former tenant and their payments, etc. Uh, okay, so the way I see it, if a tenant's moving from a house, from the first landlord, uh, and they're a the problem tenant, but they paid, but they're problem tenant overall, the owner is going to say whatever they can to get them out, right? They're going to say good things. <laughs> That's why I always am careful <clears throat> when I call the, the for their current landlord. I take whatever. I try to really kind of get as much information I can get out of them. And then I always ask for previous landlord because they have no motive to say good or bad, right, for the most part. And uh, that's worked out very, very well for me. If they don't provide me a previous landlord, I will not look into their application unless they can prove that this is their first time they were living in family or that they were they had their own house or whatever it may be. But I will not I will not proceed forward with my their application if, unless they give me a previous landlord. Very good. Very good. So, I mean, oh yeah, so sorry to answer how honest you can be. I mean, as a professional, I got to be careful. I can't be. <laughs> I can't say everything. I could only talk about overall situations. I can't be very specific. As uh, non-professionals, I mean, <laughs> you do what you need to do. <laughs> it never takes, right? Yeah. <laughs> very good, Jason. Um, so I guess for a lot of the people that are online here that might be looking for a property manager, um, can you just give a, a little overview of what areas you serve and, and why you serve those areas only? Uh, my zones are Fraser Valley, which consists of all anywhere from Surrey, British Columbia to Chilliwack. I do not like to go any further as I do not have the resources or team to provide quality service. And I feel that uh, I'm already full of, there's abundant of business available in this area that I, there's no reason for me to reach out. And even if you hi did hire me for a job in Vancouver, I wouldn't be able to provide, I'd be there. Like if something happened, I can't do anything. You know, so it's a hard drive. It's, it's a, I, I wouldn't be able to provide that quality, same quality if, as if a, a local resident or property manager would be able to provide. So when you fear looking for property managers, look in the local area, in the vicinity of that local area, right? And because uh, you never know, things happen and you need to be there. You need to be present. 
right? You never know. Very good, very good. Well, anyway, if, if you will be having any questions related to the property management uh, guys in your area, uh, just shoot it, right? And we could know quite a lot of people, Jason, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely, right? So that's the primary goal, right? So the m message is to provide you with as much information about property management, how that is handled, and who, if you are in, not in the Vancouver area, don't worry. If you ask the question, we will get you the, the, the proper property manager. And we will definitely use Jason as a referral or anything, whatever is needed to be asked. That's the primary goal, okay? Of course. So, very good. That's the, the message, right? We are Canada-wide organization, and that's what we are looking and aiming for, right? So, Of course, I have uh, mentors in Vancouver area that I always go to if I have my own personal questions, right, about the business. And uh, there are awesome property managers out there. They're great. I can definitely recommend good, te good team players. Yeah, Toronto, Montreal, uh, Calgary, anywhere else, guys. Okay, but we have to follow up with the guidance and rules. And Jason was explaining how that works from the perspective Canada-wide, right? Just to give you an idea, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. I, I always recommend check your local, um, like, uh, municipal city for any um, documentation, eviction notices, of because course. each provincial government does have different uh, guidelines and rules. So I really recommend you do your homework as well. It's very important because you don't want to miss anything. You want to go by there. Their, their way, their route, and uh, it's it's not only to protect your property, but to protect you as well, right? So do your homework. It's always important. Don't forget. And, Due diligence. Yeah, absolutely. Always. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, if that's uh, that's it, it seems like everybody's uh, got their questions answered. Greatly appreciate it, Jason. Thanks so much for the uh, the wonderful stories, the information you know that you've provided. Um, yeah. Best of luck on your first uh, unfortunate uh, viewing that you will come across one day. Um. <laughs> if, if you want to hire Russians, let me know. <laughs> yeah, <there you> go. <laughs> I'm excited. All right. I'm cool. Yeah. I like that. Very good. Thank well, you thank you so very much. much, everyone. And thank you, everyone, as well. I really appreciate this. Thank Absolutely. You. Take care, everyone. Street Smart Real Estate Investing. Welcome to the new innovative concept of real estate investing. No more expensive courses. No more high-priced mentors taking your money and leaving you without ongoing support. Become a full-time seasoned real estate investor by participating with our already successful team members. Now is the time to stop talking about real estate investing and start doing. Take action. Just ask and we will help you. We promise one thing no BS. For more info, www.streetsmartrei.com.